word. Uh, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. And today I'm going to share with you some very cool news about uh, Metaverse. The first one is on Dazin.com. Uh, so pretty much there was a British architecture studio um, called Zeha Hedi Architects. Uh, they create a cyber urban city in Metaverse. Okay, so... Um, Pretty much, I think, uh, uh, and this land is called Liberland. <clears throat> I think this is a very interesting place that um, everyone is jumping in and start working on it. And today I also see the news. There are some people um, think that um, Metaverse or NFT will crash. But I mean, anyway, everyone is talking about it. And uh, I think it's kind of promising that a lot of people are building about it. And uh, this land is built on uh, Metaverse. I really like this name, Metaverse. I think it's very creative because everyone is saying, you know, Metaverse, but how about if you make it your personal uh, space and call Metaverse? So I did some research about Metaverse. Okay, so this is Metaverse. Metaverse, discover your world beyond reality. So Metaverse is a cloud-based platform uh, that is, you know, 3D uh, multiplayer experience create. Kind of like, I would say it's for conference or it's for uh, trade show. So yeah, so, um, but everyone's avatar looks like a robot and they put a, a video in front of you. So if you see this, right? So this is kind of like, um, because of COVID and uh, <clears throat> so right now, I, I think it's kind of a little weird, but it's in a very fancy way. So it, it feels like you are in the Star War, right? And everyone is alien or robot and trying to have a really sci-fi meetings. So it's a very interesting um, Mindhoverse. And the name is very creative. I really like it. Uh, yeah, and they also have, uh, you know, you can create different stores here. So I think this is pretty cool. And they have like, you know, very detailed 3D there. So you can have a very, um, you know, good simulations uh, simulate to real world. And also showrooms. I feel like this is already, you know, you, you can have a movie on it or you know, I feel like everything looks pretty cool and sci-fi and very creative. Yeah, any thoughts on the metaverse or you know the new city, cyber urban crypto, yeah, like web three city uh, in metaverse? Yeah, any thoughts? Uh, we, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, like what is the extra capacity of architectural uh, you know, design offices when they're restricted by actually having to build something. And, you know, like, you know, most of the time we see all of this and they talk about, oh, this is our futuristic concept for this, futuristic concept for that. And I think that's so interesting is that, well, this futuristic concept is not just a concept, it functions over here <laughs> virtually. Um, you know, then, then the question that I keep thinking of, you know, because you talk about trade shows and such like the, the trade show designers have been in this environment for a long, long time and they share it in small groups, you know, with people who are making decisions of whether to build the building or not. 
you know so you know for for me to look at this and go well if the general public is going to start using this model is that more or less difficult than not being in a 3d environment like i still kind of look at all of this going okay well there's a virtual bank is it still more difficult to navigate a virtual bank than it is to use an app from the bank where you swipe 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 hit hit swipe hits enter you know so it's there's these kind of aspects in there of like oh this is very interesting and wouldn't wouldn't life be great if the dmv looked like this <laughs> you know, but would you really want to go into a very pretty environment to do DMV stuff when you could have just hit a couple buttons on a flat web page and, and had it done real quick? So I think that's the kind of thing of like, well, all of it to me is like the patience of for you know people who grew up in video games and like video games and then they extend that experience. But for people who don't use video games or spend a lot of time in this environment, then you're really asking, you know, it, it's almost like the people who have a hard time with the internet now would have even more of a hard time later because they don't want to have to go into that 3D environment at all. You know, so I, I think of that aspect more of, you know, the tangibility of it once it's built, okay, then are, are people really going to use it versus something that maybe much much faster to navigate hmm. yeah. yeah so it's more like a goal oriented right uh so as long as it's quick and fast to achieve your goal it's better to you know do it in a 2d you know like interface done 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 and instead of trying to get in and trying to line up you know and, then, and go down you know, the right aisle for the store versus, you know, just clicking on a category. You know, there, there's kind of, there's aspects here that, that look almost very difficult. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's my two cents. Yeah. I, I thought of two things when you were talking uh, there, Dan. And the first is um, you were talking about the building, the people that make actual buildings and, and forever we've been able to do things like A-B testing on websites, right? You tweak a little image here, you put the graphic over here, you make this bold, you change the button, and then you look at the results and you look at the how the users respond to that, that work. And I've never thought, could you do that with a building? Like before oh, yeah, you... that, that's how it's done. So right? like so... Uh, everything is cloud-based, you know, so everyone's adding their three-dimensional part to each other. So it's yeah, so kind of assembling this in well they but when they do a b they'll do the shootout before they make the decision what direction to go so you may have an internal composition uh, you know competition ah. within the company or a competition between architects to propose the thing that they each one their best right right and so i i spent some years as a mechanical designer and i i i know sometimes we get in our tunnel vision and we what we see is is the solution. It's really difficult to come off of that sometimes. And the value that I saw on the web is the A/B testing is that the the you can't you can't you can't deny the data. You can't deny the feedback from users. And so while you might have you know internally architectures working and trying to come up with different concepts, um, if you had something like this where you had users that were actually living or, or playing in, in the space then you could do that. You could make tweaks to your building and you could see, well, I, I made this 
koi pond and this lighting and all this stuff for this. I wanted to attract people and I wanted to, you know, like build an experience for them. And oh, it's falling flat on its face. But let me change this over here. Let me make these changes, put these steps here, make this, you know, whatever. Uh, oh, and now it's working. Okay, great. Now go physically build that. Right. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I just, that, that's the first thing that came to mind is that now you may have actual humans that are in VR that are trying out your building and you get to get your, it's a possibility to get kind of user feedback that you may not have necessarily had too much access to before. Uh, so that was that was interesting interesting to me and then the other topic on on you know can you uh the, your your visit to the bank I, I think you're spot on it it's one of the one of the things i think that um when i hear about businesses opening a shop in some metaverse some platform uh and opening a conventional bank and i think um you know, that's people just, that's groups just trying to figure out how they fit into this new uh, technology. But what worked in the old, I don't think necessarily will work in the in the new. Um, I, I I think it does have to do with, with the user themselves and like what is bringing value to them. So if you hate the bank experience today, you're not gonna wanna replicate that in, in the metaverse just because it's a you know maybe a nicer building or something so yes some things just belong in a simple quick 2d app give me as few uh clicks as possible but then again there there are things that people go out of their way to go and and experience or go be part of um so if i think the 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 quote boring businesses will have to think of a new way to deliver some sort of value and uh, this new platform than maybe what they've done in their and their like brick and mortar stores and shops. I just you know I I think of it in the difficulty of first like the app store has a billion games right I mean there's like how do you herd cats into a single metaverse that is important to a single brand when the brand is fractured into a billion sub brands and you need somebody to actually log out of one thing and log into the next. It's to me, it's like, okay, well, if you had a community of candy crush, right. How do you get them to go do banking, you know, beyond that one little community? I, I start, you know, in this, I start thinking in small theater terms of like, it's hard enough to get a hundred people to say at eight o'clock, we are all going to have this one experience across town and for them to fit that in between their TV experience and their movie watching and their kids and, and everything else. So to me, it's like, okay, well, there's the gamer community who likes going into these 3d environments. They do that, you know, and you could put out a theme park for Sims and you can build it, you know, or something, and that will attract a particular type of person. But, even with the biggest, most attractive thing there, you're only going to attract X amount of people to that closed wall environment. You know, so to me, it would like, if you're going to try to do this as a brand, you would have to carpet bomb every single app on the app store with a version of your virtual store in order to keep a brand, you know, or, you know, that that's to me like the scalability of it is like, well, if it's not all connected, then it's fractured with fractured audiences. And they're all trying to navigate this 
3D space. And, and to me, that's almost like small theater going, that's, that's asking a lot of a group of people for, to do something particular. Um, yeah, I like the topic of, of how do you connect these metaverse platforms together and in a, like a really seamless way. Yeah. So to the user, you know, so right now I'll get a push notification to my phone. And if I want to jump into another app, it's just like a button click. And, and what if something similar was there that I'm, when I'm in my, in my digital self, I can get some sort of notification that something is happening. There's like, there's a concert, there's a Roblox concert that you're, you were, you expressed some interest in it's happening. And so like, you know, just like click something or whatever and or tap something. And then I get pulled out of whatever metaverse platform I'm in and I get dropped into Roblox. I can go. So see. that doesn't sound too much of jumping in and out of Instagram over to snap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But obviously those experiences are so different, right? 2d on a phone versus like, an they're all profiles. Screen. They're all virtual. You're, you're your login person, your account is you, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, you're kind of with your notifications jumping in and out of your identities in these different uh, I spaces. think la uh, last speaker events, uh, I think the speaker mentioned that we don't really need to define metaverse right now. It's just, be just like before we have dot-com bubble, right? People are trying to figure out what will be the internet look like, but mm -hmm. Um, it's like we will figure out a way, for example, like right now, all the internet, we still have our brands, we still have apps, but, um, you know, like a deep link, right? You can click deep link and go to a, an app or, you know, there are a lot of stuff kind of connect everything together. So mm -hmm. I remember there was a professor in probably Stanford. He said that, um, Metaverse or Web3 is just a website, but there are some 3D objects there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I feel like, wow, yeah, that's kind of right. Because right now we are trying so hard to, you know, thinking about, oh, this, you know, this domain, this store is something that couldn't be break. But maybe, you know, if we, we build everything on top of internet, and we just put some 3D stuff and we can have gargles and, you know, jump into that 3D environment. Maybe that's easier and uh, we don't even need to try to define it and it will grow and suit our needs. Because mm -hmm. the bad one will be get rid of, right? Because of the market. Yeah, and that's what and I see. Mergers stay. and things dying and colliding into each other. I see a lot <laughs> of that going on for a while. Right, Emily? Right? Yes, I love chaos. I thrive on chaos. I can't tell you how many medical devices have bombed we've never gotten to market, but it was the it was the quest, right? Um, I'm laughing here. I had to turn my mic off. I was laughing so hard. I think this metaverse, the silent movie version, is sucks. Okay. It's like it's ridiculous. All these people want to do is have you spend your hard-earned money on, quote, real estate or islands or branding for stuff that you're just going to get buried into, like it's already happened in the, in the apps or like with the game, people have great games, but they don't get enough promotion. You know, they get lost in the shuffle. Um, I am a big believer of voice interfaces. I've been around the block, done so much technology. Everybody talks. 
or everyone has, uh, if, if, if you start losing your voice or your sight, or you just get, you know, VR goggles are great, but people can't afford them. Uh, you're gonna have everybody in your house walking around with those things. You know, to me, voice is the natural, rudimentary, basic thing. We need to have a way to navigate with voice so that it can be your concierge, you build it, you can create if you want your own avatar, whatever you want, and then you can interact with the real or the metaverse or any kind of new technology. There's a whole slug of sensors that are coming up where you're just gonna be walking around, there'll be cameras and environmental checks for, you know, here's, here's a, a rainstorm coming, you know, make sure your windows are up, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's in the works. I'm seeing it uh, in theory here in, in Silicon Valley and a friend of mine has his house, you know, we play in his little design lab. And then I go, I was at Oakland at Kaiser Hospital and, uh, you know, we're trying to sell them the uh, autonomous wheelchair, you know, that I'm working on with some projects. And they already showed me their hospital, you know. Uh, but again, the physical motivation, and like you said, what what does what are the core uses? When you go to an emergency room, do you really want to spend three hours waiting around? Why not get checked out on your way or when you're having the stroke at home so that when you do get an ambulance or you do get to a thing, so you can have a meta hospital taking your vitals, checking your insurance, calling your family all of that stuff. So when you physically hit the ER, it's a go, okay? They know your blood type, all of that stuff. That's the useful metaverse application I see. Not this namby-pamby, let's go play. You can play already. If I wanna play, yeah. I'll go to Fortnite, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To me, this is yeah. just bull. It's just hype. It's the sock puppet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a And these guys part. are just gonna make money off of of people don't know any better, you know? So I'm, I'm very skeptical, uh, you know, at, I, I, I have to keep promoting health and wellness, take care of yourself, use the technology that makes you stronger, live longer and takes care of, you know, all the crap that's going on in the world. Uh, so that's, that's my two cents. Thank you. Good advice. Like yeah, um, I remember one time I watched uh, Jeff Bezos talk um, he said that a lot of people ask him <clears throat> what will change in the future or what, what, what types of industry or anything will change in the future. <clears throat> he always said that I don't care about what will change in the future, but I do care about what won't change in the future. For example, people always want something cheaper, right? People always want their uh, product being delivered faster and faster. Those main principles are something that won't change. People won't come to Amazon and tell him that, oh, I want my product become more expensive, right? And I don't, yeah. So he said that he only focused on something that won't change. Yeah, because in this world, right? There are so many things like bubble, right? Maybe like this land, right? Did this land serve any innermost of something inside us that never changed? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is a very interesting things. Maybe we all need to go back to our innermost. Do we really need this? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Just some thoughts. Yeah. My two cents. You know, I, I, I can't help but think this, um, 
I think you're right, Emily, in the sense that if there's something successful, it'll be something that um, that serves a need. So your example of like your virtual meta hospital. So like it's it's a point solution and it serves a need, provides great value and it becomes successful. And I could see those popping up and happening. Now, how to transition from like these point solutions into like a verse where they're all somehow connected. That's that sounds really tough. That's that sounds tough. Yeah. That might be where the big challenge is. I I think, you know, there's a lot of smart people out there that have been able to build all maybe valuable solutions on your phone. And so I'm sure valuable solutions will show up in this whatever oh. whatever Web3 looks like. Well, and go like and back to your competition A B nature of your software that you're talking about, right? Like this image that you're looking at right now that I'm thinking of it in terms of the sand that they poured off the coast in Dubai. So like this looks like a very real pitch that is a bead. They're talking, if you read into this, it looks like it's something straddling saying, hey, we could do something cool between uh, uh, was that Czech Republic and Serbia or something like that. If I squint in there and read that. But but look, it looks to me like, you know, this is a design that is based on bringing in high speed rail and distributing it very, very quickly through the city. Right. You know, and and there are a lot of people are thinking along those terms of we've really got to move things in and out. And that's the function of big cities is getting in and out. So here's a design that they're like, OK, if we start from scratch, you know, A, B. You know, but I I don't doubt that there's somebody off the coast of Abu Dhabi staring at this going, hmm, that's that's an interesting way to solve something, you know, this nature. So like if the if the metaverse helps us solve that, which is how the architects have always been doing something along those lines with 3D. But if 3D is slower to the user, then yeah, I mean, we're back into what is the right tool for the right purpose. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this is like a today's. Um, I I would say it's very interesting. At least I know what's metaverse. I and I really love this name. I think metaverse is smart. Okay, so the next one is yeah another <clears throat> metaverse. Um, there there is a Japanese game video game company called Baida Naiko. My Baida Naiko. Yeah. So they spend. $130 million to create a Gondon metaverse. So pretty much in this metaverse, um, everyone becomes a character and they are fighting robots. So yeah, so their concept is to, you know, during COVID, people kind of um, jump into video games because they want to connect, right? Connect with, with each other during COVID. Um, yeah, so they start uh, coming up with this um, metaverse platform. Pretty much, <clears throat> it's a video game, but it kind of have more immersive features for people to connect better and uh, kind of you know uh, play video games together. Pretty much, I would say a three D online multiplayer video game, but with a you know more immersive. For example, like. Um, um, uh, VR Gargo and also, yeah. So, so I would say that this is kind of something start from the uh, video games and transform to uh, more like a metaverse types of concept. 
So yeah, so it's already going and, and growing. And I remember another one was built by, by I, I don't know, um, a, a really huge company. I don't know, Tenshan or some other company. I forgot the, the, the name of the company, but they have another metaverse called uh, Party Island or something, which allows people to you know, join something like an open sand world, but multi, multiplayer. And I, I like to see, you see like Japan, China, America, and a lot of different countries, they are start to, to kind of invest some interesting um, you know, I would say multiplayer for people to hang out virtually. Yeah. So any thoughts? It, it reminds me of um, in Ready Player One, when you would go to different worlds and the whole world was of some, some franchise like Pac-Man world or, you know, Dragon Ball Z world. And that's what this feels like. Like it would be, if you go to Gundam world. And um, if it was if it was just a, a massive multiplayer game, you know, I think they were probably stretching the term metaverse. I saw at the top it mentioned videos and like shopping. Uh, maybe it has multiple games. Maybe in that sense, if you have lots of games or side missions and side quests and lots of uh things to experience whether videos or you know things like that and lots of opportunities to shop maybe then it starts fitting into the model of a, like a universe so maybe then it becomes more metaversey um i guess what i don't see in here is any talk of any uh any crypto stuff yeah. Right, any kind of anything like that. No, I don't see there, that. There is the NFTs. I was reading it on oh, my yeah. other on my other thing. Yeah, they have a whole like little mini bank for for oh. processing NFTs, so they can right. take you know if, if I wanted to set up a shop within the game, I could do it and and sign their oh. contract. Okay. So like so I now. said, there's always a catch. There's no free lunch, you know. Yeah. Right. And and they're gonna make money one way or another, and they're gonna you can create your own content, and they're gonna monetize on it. So. You know, that's kind of interesting because I mean, so they own the IP for Gundam, right? That's their brand. And but they're going to let you show up and set up your shop there and do something. That's, I'm, yeah. that's when you build a character, you buy an NFT for a character. If there's a oh. character, then I can buy an NFT for one and, you know, just put my my name on it. So. Um, yeah, so to me, again, this is like casino, you know, going to Vegas, you know, sometimes we used to go to conferences and they give you funny money for the Bellagio and all this and, and uh, you could, you know, go, I never play craps, you know, so they, they, they give me like $50 in funny money so I can go learn to play craps, stuff like that. This is what it reminds me of, you know, where you go in and try and do stuff. And I used to sell mine and said, just give me 10 bucks for my 50 bucks. I'll go to the spa, you know, <laughs> I want a massage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't gamble uh, because the Las Vegas had this quandary that all the nerds, we'd all show up there. We don't gamble. You know, we know the odds. We think it sucks. You know, we'd rather go <laughs> yeah. out and drink. Yeah, I know the odds. Yeah. When we go, yeah. when we go to the restaurant, we, we don't fair. order the expensive food. We order this, the blue plate special, you know, so they hated yeah, that's us. Right. That's why Hilton had such more. a bad time with the Star Trek experience in Vegas. It, 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 it attracted Trekkies. <laughs> they sat in a bar, but they didn't play. 
Yeah, we were teaching uh, telling Klingon (laughs) jokes at the bar. Who wants to go to the casino? (laughs) Yeah. What 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 I if this goes, let's say you're just like a typical um, Gundam fan, you just watch the show and you just come and hang out. But I wonder how it would be different if you happen to be like somewhat of an influencer, like you've built a brand about like your love for Gundam and like you review the cartoon, you talk about the latest products and the toys. And if you set up your shop now in the Gundam universe, I, I wonder if it'll be a little different for you than it would be for any any typical fan. Well, it's interesting, like if you think of the YouTube model and influencers setting up shop within their thing, right. it, it'd have to be as popular enough to have, you know, that, in, you know, it seemed to me, it's like it would, then the influencer would want to be on multiple platforms again, right? They would want to be on Twitch while they're on YouTube, while they're on Facebook, that same problem that podcasters have or they would want to have in these metaverses. Or, and this really talks about the interoperability is when I'm in the Instagram or on the YouTube, it's like, Oh, so-and-so is actually, hosting a party at their Gundam nightclub right now. Do you want to jump in? Like, yeah, I want to jump in. I'm a huge fan of this person. And I get a chance to interact with them in like a 3D way. As long as it's easy and it's not painful, right? I don't know. I it, If, again, if you're just a fan and it's just full of a bunch of other fans, then yeah, maybe it's a novelty. It, it feels almost like a themed casino, actually. That's a good example. Yeah, but it I, might look a little different when you mix in the, the influencer and the people that have large social communities surrounding them already. And, and to me, these are our kids. You know, they're not into football. They'll watch maybe the finals of the NBA, but they don't, they don't you know, have three TVs going on watching the NFL on Sundays like some people do, you know, (laughs) so they'd rather be in their rooms, just sitting in here and hacking around and, you know, finding their little metaverse with their friends or make Mm. new friends across, across the planet, you know, in Slovakia or someplace and, and do their thing. So to me, this is kind of a natural thing, but again, for the long-term sustainability of it, you know, how much electricity and are we going to have enough produce enough chips in the next two years with the Russian Ukraine thing where we're not going to have the metals to make the chips, you know, is this going to drive us in a different direction? But, but Oscar, I think you're right though, that that if you took the word metaverse off of this pitch and you had described all of this in 2004, it would be 130 million being spent on video game development, (laughs) right? There's not a whole lot more, you know, just because of the marketing nature of where we are today, they're talking about a lot of this, but a lot of this wouldn't have been any different had they had done it in their own universe back then. You know, the, the difference, I think the key difference is, is uh, what Emily found, which is as soon as there's a way that I, as a user can monetize this on right. the platform that, okay, now that's, that's a game changer, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say that something like this will be attracting people who love, you know, the Japanese, you know, animation culture. And I remember just like uh, um, Emily said that, you know, the energy, right. But I heard, I remember one um, TikTok, uh, TED talk. Uh, I think it's the founder of Trigger, Jason Yin. 
he talked about uh, Lego's vision because we know Lego was made of plastic, right? And now they are going to AR and VR and they say it can reduce the plastic toys. Um, and uh, you know, it's more environmental friendly. However, I was thinking about if everything is becoming, you know, uh, chips and um, electricity, right? Then we still need to worry about the energy from, from those stuff, but we can reduce the plastic, right? Imagine all those Gundam, you know, robot. When we were young, we probably get the plastic version, physical version of those toys. But now it becomes metaverse. So we need more chips instead of the plastic. So we are protected. I remember like a few days ago, uh, some countries want to protect the ocean. So they are reducing the plastic, plastic. Uh, usage. Yeah, yeah, microplastic. So I think this is great to, you know, to change the toys from plastic to, to chips or, you know, like, um, you know, electricity or, you know, like the video game version. But yeah, just like Emily said, we still need to worry about the chiefs. <laughs> yeah, remember you're talking to an old warhorse here from the semiconductors, you know, in 1970, I was the scheduler for Intel and I had to put people on, on rations, you know, the, the, even, even the, the uh, automotive companies would come screaming at me because I could only deliver 10% of the product that they ordered, you know? <laughs> and, and so this, this is what I see right now. Uh, the manufacturers and the designers are saying, oh shit, you know, we're not going to have this, these silicon chips or these other little controllers or even the solar batteries that we need for our drones, you know? for the Oculus, for all of the, the, the projections of the, of the TV sets and all of that. So this shortage to me is, means that it's gonna force people to use what they have right. and play nicer together, you know, because they can't just be selling more and more hardware and software. They have to kind of harmonize. Unity is gonna to have to play in the same, box, same sandbox as Epic because their communities are demanding it. If I'm going to build a virtual hospital, I don't want to have to build it 10 times in, in 10 different platforms. Yeah, I, I actually have a theory on that, that I bet you in the future, you could end up with an operating system out of like an Epic or something where you really boot into something very, very different. And most of the functionality of an operating system has now been borrowed by Right. And that's what uh, and Asia's epic. doing. That's what I like Singapore. That's what I like Japan. When I go there to design something for a clinical trial, they already tell me what encryption I can use, what database house, what consents, you know, it's, it's all, they, the government has raised the bar and they have, you know, an aging population and all of the things I'm trying to solve in the U.S. Uh, they have voice interactions. They have avatars. They have a talking cat sponsored by Yamaha for, you know, people to, to decompress. So that's the kind of stuff that I want to take that best of class and put it in there. And the, and you know, that, that talks healthcare, but the, the kids and the youngsters and the, the, the kids that are being born today are going to be digital first, are going to be voice first. If there are disabilities they're you know, they're going to find ways of making it accessible, you know? And so the, I, I look to, the old and the new, but the shortage of hardware and software and developers 
are going to be the obstacles. So we can dream metaverse and talk e-branding and e-commerce all we want, but the reality is if you can't build it and deliver it, it ain't going to happen. So we have to look at what we have, what we can nurture, uh, and and you know just get get real about it. Yeah, I have hope for if there's like an Apple Glass or something where we can almost do heads-up display that it's not so much of the goggles and this oh, whole thing. Yeah, but if it is just a layer that's l- l- lightly, you know sitting on our glasses it's not heavy tech but it's just a film that is interactive that is on our glasses and you can get them as cheap as walmart glasses or something that if if we get to there where it is so non uh an issue for somebody to put something on mm-hmm. and to look around and start seeing your virtual legos or something like that i could see that you know really taking off as an extension of people's phones is well we're staring at this but now we're staring at almost anything else that if it becomes very very natural because oh we just have it in our glasses and now what is it that we want to see and we hit the button on our phone and now we're seeing that lego Uh, experience i I I could see that that. i really like that idea that that version of the metaverse i think is um is it feels more accessible and approachable i know like this my location based right it would tell you my my 11 year old has no problem with this like he'll he'll eat eat this all day long no problem but i don't really game i really i don't game yeah Um, but but i know that and i mentioned this i think on one of the previous calls like everything around me there's a there's a digital version of it somewhere they either used it to design it or, you know, there's some simulation of that regarding it or. And how many movies have we seen where the guys bring up the thing and they spin it and look at it from different angles because they could just see this virtual yeah. ship, you know, or something that they're studying. Like in, right. I can only imagine in, in, you know, for medical, all the rest of it, being able to grab something up. Okay, here's a liver, <laughs> you know, and just kind of, you know, do this with it. And, you know, it, yeah, once yeah, we get so- to that kind of tactile kind of aspect of 3d yeah design wise i think that'd be fascinating and take off immediately but it's got to be something that people could put on that's not 50 pounds of uh hardware yeah i mean there's a lot of work still trying to bring down the 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 size and the scale of 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 the headsets but i I mean i i think that's what if, if someone had a magic wand, that's what a lot of the dreamers are dreaming is the ability to seamlessly go from, let's say just a mixed reality. Like I'm in this, like I'm standing here and you know, like I have, I have a little, you know, water bottle and maybe I want to see how the sales, what are the sales for this right now? What, like, how is this going on eBay, Amazon and like whatever, some other store. And I can just like look at it and I can see those sale, sales stats right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's actually on sale at Target right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then maybe I said, you know what? Actually, I want to go into full VR world version and like seamlessly this can take over and I can, I can now be immersed in that. And maybe I can go, I can see what else is being sold with this or, or um, you know, maybe there's like a backpack that goes with it and I want to like, touch and feel it and 
So, I mean, this idea of being able to jump in and out, like from maybe the experience began on the phone. I began on my phone, I saw a product I liked, and now I see it in AR through my phone, or I push it to my phone, to my glasses. And now I want the whole experience. I want to go to Gundam land, <laughs> I press the button, and then boom, mm. you know. Oh, mm. Interesting. Yeah. And don't I, think of them as yeah. steps like you're talking about. It's interesting to think getting deeper yeah. into it with another layer of immersiveness because that's how you follow and click through. That's interesting. Doesn't it kind of happen that, that way when you're online though? Because I'll 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 get a push notification, yeah. let's say, um, or or I'll see an article in my feed. Like I won't go and research the article. I'll just get an article in my feed. Maybe a friend posted it. And I'll start in the feed and then I'll want to know more. And then I'll click the link and I'll go into that specific website. And then I'll see a video and I'll play the video. Like it's very uh, following the breadcrumb trail. I don't think it's going to change. I, or I, I hope the, the tech can be built in such a way to support that in the future. Like I, I still want that. I want to like, I don't want to be overwhelmed with information. You know, I don't, I wouldn't probably naturally visit Gundam land, but I could see myself maybe being led there and then maybe have this awesome experience there, right? Um, yeah, I, I do agree that uh, cross-platform, right? And the interesting thing is that I I feel like Apple couldn't invent anything better for a phone. They just keep, you know, increasing the camera or memory and nothing new, right? And as far as I know, they are putting their effort uh, to gonna, the AR Plus. Apple's going to have some product release in June. I'm getting oh. the vibe now. And, and you know, I'm I'm trying because uh, here in Silicon Valley, we're close knit, you know, so mm. there's there's going to be some stuff happening in June. But but I'm laughing again within those meetings, in those conferences that I'm having with the with the designers because I know they're not going to have parts. So they're going to say, we'll release the product. You can get on a backlog. Uh, so I said, hey, Intel bit their, bit, built their business on backlog. You know, I had backlog orders for a year that, before we could deliver. We had to open a new plant in Malaysia before we could deliver. Um, so the same thing's going to happen where the, a, a, a big flash VR product is going to come out and then you're not going to be able to get it if you're lucky until Christmas. Oh, wasn't you know? there a, a, a and it's going to be super pricey, super <laughs> pricey. <laughs> but wasn't there a leak from Apple recently of like a, a VR OS or some sort yeah, of Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it started coming out in the Xcode or something that you could start to develop for it or I don't know yeah, if they actually trying, went that far. They get, just hinted at it. That it yeah, they're trying to get apps. And so I'm trying to do my voice thing. So I'm trying to learn more. But again, knowing what I've known, you know, being being the one that was sacrificed, you know, I, the, the sales guys wouldn't tell the Intel customers they couldn't get it. They sent them my phone number and I had to tell them. So, you know, it's like, it's no. like okay, get ready. Get ready for, for, <laughs> for the game here. <laughs> You know, Emily, I've been hearing about this this uh, this trend that may address that that issue. So uh, it was a couple of years ago. I was at an AT and T hackathon, and we were. Um, it was all surrounding five G. Like what? Here, hackathon participant. This is what five G is, and this is what we believe it will offer as value to people. Now, go dream up a bunch of stuff as if you lived in a five G world. And so we were told, 
uh, well, you're going to have a lot higher, and this is not my area of expertise, but a lot of a lot better data throughput. Um, you'll be able to just at faster speeds as well. And, and the concept that they shared with us is what that could mean is that you do more of your computing in the cloud and, and it's less processing intensive at the, at the client or at the user. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of that topic, right? I don't come from that world. And so we were talking about augmented reality. And so we were thinking, okay, well, one of the challenges with AR is you got this big old headset and basically because you're wearing a computer on your head, even if they're tiny, they're the size of cell phones, they're still, they, they add their bulk. Um, but now, now if the computing power, and, and even then they don't do enough, we want more and more, more from them. More and more. Um, but if the computing power actually could live remotely and we rely on 5G to do better communication and streaming, uh, well, then maybe this can get smaller. And I, and I wonder, you know, maybe that also can help um, with this like chip shortage and component shortage and metal. Because now if we're making simple viewers, uh, and I know I say simple, I, I don't know how to make that, but if we yeah, can make that's, something. That's the, yeah, that's what Kaiser's doing is the mesh network within their facilities. They're, they're doing it now for employees because they have a lot of contractors and they have like a lot of, you know, per diem nurses and all of this. So the badges to let people, you know, they have to know where they are. If there's an earthquake in a 14 story building in Oakland, you know, they need to know how many people exactly at any point in time are in that building. Um, and and um, so they're doing a lot of 5G stuff. And, you know, Kaiser is great because they're here in Silicon Valley and the companies go to them and take them technology here, you know, play with this, tell me what you think. Um, and so the mesh network has sensors, it checks, uh, you know, cameras, uh, temperature control, air quality, fire, lighting, all the mobility stuff. And I'm saying, uh, now I want to bring this autonomous wheelchair. And you're, this is perfect for your campus, for your setting, because you're going to have this stuff anyway. I'm just going to bring you another device that'll plug right into it. And then if you add the voice, you know, we can put the uh, 40 languages on the wheelchair. So anybody that has to go to the ER can get in there and be, they can be cueing them and talking to them in their own language. And that's, they really got excited about the language part. They didn't, they weren't so asking me questions about interoperability. They were talking about, hey, you know, if somebody comes in here from Tonga, you know, there's a, a big Tonganese, the Prince of Tonga lives here in Woodside, you know, the, the people in the ER don't speak Tonganese, but if this wheelchair can translate on the fly, why not? So that's the kind of cool technology that I think 5G and voice can bring. Like but what again, you were talking you about, build that very infrastructure. Much like, uh, yeah, two-way two earphones. And, yeah. Yeah, but it was that chip that Apple created that really allowed them to go into spatial audio. So that and what Oscar was talking about is like if you could offload the processing power but have a good connection mm -hmm. between it, that chip that no, they made for the, the headphones makes that back you know that that but, but what happens when you lose the cloud like i said is i've been in situations dire situations where you don't have cloud contact you have to have sub servers you have to have something in a hospital that you can use when the internet is down with ransomware attacks or even pg&e or the northern california fires they had to turn off the electricity guess what you ain't got a cloud so how are you going to set up we had to set up you know small lands and whams in the in the Stanford campus and Salinas Memorial in order to keep 
the, the cardio, the oncology, the pharmacy and all those folks running. We didn't have the big air conditioners on. We had to sacrifice that, but all of the, the labs and you know the, the monitors, the, the thing that keeps the patient breathing, you know, all that stuff's more important on the priority. So I look at it from a very uh, skeptical sense that, yeah, you can have things on the cloud, but don't bet your ranch on it because it'll, at some point in time, it ain't going to be there. You need to have, you need to have small things, you know, even just antennas on, on cars in an earthquake, you know, you, you pop up an antenna on your, on your truck or on, on, on your uh, uh, Volkswagen just so that you can have an internet connection, you know, <laughs> a hotspot. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, I mean, um, I know we only have 10 minutes, uh, but I just want to share with you, like there's a very cool um, kind of invention called iSign. iSign, um, it can, uh, let me share with you, iSign. Oh yeah, this one. Um, it was invented uh, by Duke University, like the computer engineers at Duke University. Uh, what it can do is it can simulate humans' eyes. Uh, so pretty much uh, that it's like a computer program that can kind of simulate how people look at things. So this types of um, uh, stuff that can help people to study how uh, humans eye interact in the virtual reality world. So it can improve uh, uh, the you know, design or research for the VR place. And they, they want to make it like a free or you know, very cheap. I, I don't know what's the price, but they want to sell or they want to introduce this um, technology to the small or individual um, startups uh, just because they want uh, everyone can get the access to create a lot of good contents in VR. So I, I think this is very cool. It's called iSign. I was trying to find their uh, official website, but I couldn't find it. I think it's probably pretty new. So yeah, they, they just kind of find out or they just invented a virtual eye that uh, function similar to human's eye that can help people to do a lot of VR research. Yeah, that's, that's kind of something that I find interesting. Yeah, cool. I work a lot with Duke and what they do is it's a research lab. Hmm. So they create cool technology. Uh, hmm. They get grants from the government. So they are, they, they have to share it. And then, and then if I were to buy it, I would license it and then they would get a percentage. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I would I also that, that have to follow sense. their protocol to do clinical study yeah. and publish papers and give them credit and on and yeah. on. So yeah, Duke, Duke is a cool place. There's a lot of happening stuff there. Yeah. So yeah, what, what, what I think is that this is really good because we always need some data, right? And uh, if there's a software that can simulate human's eye, actual human eye movement, that would really help to, for, for the researcher or engineer to create a better metaverse. Yeah, cool. So yeah, that's it. And I would say I read a, a, a lot of other news, but I mean, some people are kind of like not really positive about NFT or metaverse. And some do, 
And uh, I believe right now we are around at the peak of the bubble. So I'm waiting for the bubble to burst. And uh, I think it's yeah. interesting how much has changed in just in the last like 30 days, just talking with you guys. There's a lot of rethinking on this front. Yeah. You know, even the last couple of months, it's been pretty interesting. Yeah. I think right now we are climbing on the top of all the NFT metaverse. And for me, I, I think the time that I want to invest or put actual money is when it bursts. And when it goes down and people start being more realistic, then yeah, let's talk, let's start a conversation there or that uh, I will put some of my, you know, like thinking about investing. But right now it's on the bubble. So I just wait for it to burst. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 earlier, Emily was talking about skepticism and I, uh, I agree whenever it's come to NFTs, I kind of raised an eyebrow in terms of all the dollars that were being spent. And uh, it reminds me, uh, I have to look up the book. Um, I don't come from like an investment background. So I was trying to read some old dusty books on the subject and a real distinction between the book talks about a lot of things, but it talked about uh, speculation and, and how that is so different from actually, you know, reviewing how a business is operating uh, and like the potential for growth. I think they had those three buckets. It was like, you know, how's it operating today? And like, what does it look like for the future? And that, there, there's some, and they distinguish that from speculation. So this isn't yeah. crystal ball stuff. This yeah, no, th this is this is human nature, you know, to 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 make a fast buck. Um, back in the 90s, when I was with Gorbachev and friends learning about uh, online casinos and all that, they had me read a book about the Dutch with tulip bulbs. Oh, yeah. You know, where people Very would spend famous. their whole family oh. fortune on two yep. or three tulips and then the damn oh. things would bloom, you know, so and then that was a whole bubble. So, you know, it's 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 in history. And the, so this is another venture like that. But I think the metaverse does have a, a good business and functional purpose. I just, yeah. you know, it's like the internet. When I was doing internet in the beginning, it was porn and casinos. You know, it isn't what it is today. So it's up to us to to make the regulations to. But it, but it also made it like happen. I was just thinking about early early HTML that if you actually it may be more people making you know home brewed three D environments for their particular space because it is so particular and so unique to that particular space. So just like when people started with HTML building their own web pages. There might be a homebrew coder breakout of people who will 3D spaces for you so that you can start to use them in these other environments and such. I mean, that's that's what these these the metaverse platforms like Decentraland or what was the other the gaming platform that sandbox. Was, sandbox. Yeah, like that's what they're intended to do is to to democratize it and allow normal people access to it. And then yeah, but people would have to be building their thing, you know like I do in 3D or architects do. So we'll see how far they can do that in their game environment before they're just stacking blocks like Minecraft. Well, all I know is my but, my daughter in Roblox, she makes these huge houses. Wow. She spent hours and hours, beautiful looking, you know, kitchen. Yeah, yeah, if the tool is simple, Look her then up with the property brothers, you'll start a new show. <laughs> 
I like DYI. <laughs> the property yeah. brothers are looking for new new uh, gigs here. <laughs> yeah. Call his daughter. She's on it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think we are hitting our time, uh, but I think today's uh, discussion is wonderful and hopefully see you all next week. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.